What's up, guys? Drake here, back with another edition of your favorite Florida State Seminoles sports podcast, Locked on Seminoles. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the weekend. You guys have earned it, each and every single one of you. And we're just blessed that you want to kick your weekend off with us here. Dave and myself, it's just us two today. Uh, we had a little bit of technical issues when it comes to video. As if you're watching this on YouTube, the video is fine. However, we had to go over to this old our old Zoom client instead of the restream issues. But the audio is fine. The content is great. Today we discuss NIL, transfers, and a wild card of Dave's choosing. Oh, with that being said, let's move forward with the show. Drake, Dave, take it away, guys. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Drake, and today I'm joined by Mr. David Wise Esquire. Davey, what's up, beautiful? What's going on? Well, you know, Drake, here in New York, we're dealing with hurricanes right now, apparently. So, great time to be alive. You gotta love the warm, folks. Folks, thank you guys so much, as always, for the love and... <laughs> yeah, I know you would love that. Thank you guys so much for the love and support, as always. Don't forget... Five-star reviews, you know, Owl Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. And also, now you see us on YouTube, hit the like button on this video, hit the subscribe button right up at the top. Usually Dave makes fun of me, so I'm able to go with my entire little spiel. And then ding the little bell to make sure that you're the first one to know when new content drops. Now, Dave, we're already a little practice run for where we want to go. Where do you want to start off today? Do you want to do the NIL stuff first? Do you want to NIL. do NIL? NIL? Go straight to that? Go straight to NIL, then to do some transfers and... Wild card. Wild card. I like that. So, Dave, with NIL, I mean, as yep. you know, there, I think Florida State Congress is kind of like, you know, going through the motions right now, kind of reinventing and re, I guess, rewriting the bill currently at stands. For those of you that don't yep. remember, Florida was one of the first states to actually enact and not name image likeness laws, allowing student athletes to profit off of, you know, branding. That's, that's where you see now where student athletes are able to actually have their names on the back of jerseys and then get paid for that. So now we're kind of seeing that Florida is kind of understand that it seems they were kind of a little bit too fast for everybody else, because now it seems that the NIL legislation is a little more constraining and limiting to FSU, UF, Miami, other four schools. Like I kind of want to know your thoughts on the entire thing, Dave. Well, it's frustrating because as you heard Mackenzie Milton go on his rant the other day, um, the Florida schools are at a big disadvantage that schools based on the legislation currently cannot participate directly in the NIL uh, process with student athletes. Uh, unlike Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma, for example, and Mackenzie Milton's point of no one wants to live in Lincoln, Nebraska or, or Norman, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. It, it's, it's so well taken. It's true. Like nobody, if all else equal, no one is choosing to live in those places over Orlando or Miami or Tallahassee or Gainesville, anywhere in Florida, pretty much. No pretty one's much. living in the Midwest on purpose over that. And yet you're, you're going to see that happen. And it's, it's at a time when all the Florida schools are down in football. And it's a time when the NIL situation is, it's going to start to bloom. And to have the Florida schools all be constrained, like you said, it's super problematic. And it's funny because Florida State, both the state and the school, 
like you said, tried to position themselves to be first in the game. Well, first isn't always best because the state jumped the gun with the legislation, possibly not realizing that the impact would be that schools would fall behind other states that are less restrictive. In Florida State, the school jumped the gun, I think, uh, by just declaring, we're first. Look at this APEX program. When's the last time you heard the word APEX? You can't tell me. And we have this Rising Spear Initiative, which is already falling behind. And you could probably talk more about this, Florida's and Miami's uh, NIL separate programs. And this is such a pivotal time in the Florida State football program where can't afford to fall behind, have to make strides this coming year and going forward. And if we're falling behind in NIL, that's not going to help. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to help. And folks, when he, we talk about how it's constraining the schools, if your state currently, as I'm understanding it, doesn't have an legislation on the books, usually they typically defer to the NCAA. And the NCAA sort of language currently kind of has no sort of like, I guess, guidance when it comes to helping these kids out when you're actually, if you are the school. So from my understanding, there are some states out there that actually you're able to work through the school to actually facilitate a lot of these name, image, likeness deals. Now, yep. with the Rising Spear Initiative, my primary issue with that was that I think for what, a few months, Dave, that the entire website was just, here's a name, here's a phone number, and here's an email contact us at. I mean, a placeholder. It was simply a placeholder, whereas you see University of Florida right now, they have something called the Gator Collective, and I'm pretty sure that I think Darren Heidner, he's a UF law grad there. He's also the preeminent NIL attorney currently actually in the country. He helped facilitate that, and currently I, I want to say that their figures for revenue for NIL deals for their athletes is approaching or has surpassed $500,000. And then now with the University of Miami, with how John Ruiz and the Ruiz family has been able to kind of assist the student athletes or their many businesses that they have. So it's right now, it's just seeming to me that it's great to, that we see the FSU has the Fanax deal where basically I was mentioning earlier that you can buy a player's Jersey and they receive some of those funds, but it's really difficult when you have someone like a Dylan Gibbons who actually has the big man, big heart initiative he has himself where he's actually helping out for a very noble cause and he can't have any assistance with the school. And it's kind of hard when now you're trying to pitch these kids that, you know, you want to come to us for your, for this whole new wrinkle in recruiting where it's, we're going to help you, you know, make your brand bigger than anything before. Right. Yeah. And just think about this for those of you that went to undergrad and had to choose between schools that offered you a scholarship and not a lot of people, that's the determining factor. Are they going to offer me a scholarship? Right? Well, everyone that plays football on scholarship obviously is on scholarship. They're getting a free ride. But now there's a new wrinkle to it. It's what kind of money are you going to get on top of that? For a lot of these kids, five figures of cash, and for some of them, six, and for a very select few, seven figures, that's life-changing money. And you can knock all you want about, oh, I can't believe they're going to go to Nebraska for $50,000. For $50,000, that could change the family of a lot of these kids. And to them, they've never seen money like that. It's really hard to blame them for wanting to go elsewhere when you're at a competitive disadvantage being a Florida school right now. I mean, it is. And like, it's also, it's interesting to see how I think whenever you see something big happen in college football, you always see like a change in the guard. Right. And like one of the big court cases that we talk about in sports law was when Notre Dame was kind of trying to fight for the, actually the, I was, it was Oklahoma versus the regents thing it was where basically one of the bigger schools, they want exclusive TV rights against actually yeah. for against NBC. And then when that occurred, Notre Dame actually was able to, catapult that and they were at the run of the 90s Nebraska did the same damn thing and then now you also see you know a few years ago where the big thing we never heard 
we actually never, ever heard what an FOF was until Clemson started being good. And if you see more the majority of the big, big programs like in Alabama, a Clemson or Georgia, they were one of the first ones to be there for getting a football only facility and basically dedicating their primary revenue to actually supporting football at the highest level. And now we're seeing NIL and I'm not saying, you know, the, the, the boat and miss NIL is still is still super in its infancy. We're still basically have a lot of time to do that, but I think it's really important that it seems that there needs to be a more urgency on the part of the administration as a whole to kind of shift gears towards making and, and making this writing spirit initiative a lot more stronger, a lot more apparent, especially for uh, future recruits, future players. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about this is I do wonder, I do worry if, the relative immaturity of the Florida state football programs existence, like relative to the schools we compete against our programs a lot newer. And so our alumni base is a lot smaller. And so our donating alumni base is a lot smaller. And we've all seen that recently where the calls to give more uh, and the calls for a higher percentage of alumni to become boosters, even at a low level has been pretty well publicized. Well, there's only, it seems to me there's a finite pie of money that's going to possibly come into the Florida State program. And I just worry about, I mean, the athletic department needs the money. They need the booster donation. We also need to stay competitive by putting money into NIL and the Rising Spear program. I just hope that like Mike Alford can still do his job while Rising Spear is doing their job and there's enough money coming in for everyone to be happy for us to stay competitive folks sorry to pull you guys away from the wonderful sit down which i mean dave and myself to kick off your weekend but we would be remiss here at locked on Seminoles if we talk about friends over at betonline.net football might be over the season shout out to matty stafford obj and aaron donald for their wonderful wonderful wins but basketball is in full scene for both the nba and college basketball with march madness just around the corner but if you're not into basketball there's also hockey my Florida Panthers look amazing. You got some boxing. Jake Paul probably will be fighting someone with the next few months. And UFC with UFC 272 just around the corner, right to Olympic coverage and information. So head over to the website today or use mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at benline.net by using promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Once again, BetOnline is the best spot for our sports scores, podcasts, and news season. And when you sign up on your first deposit, Use promo code locked on L O C K E D O N bound line where the game starts. Now, Dave, let's move on from NIL stuff and let's talk about transfers. We talked about this about a little bit the other day that we re- we received word that not word. There's smoke. Actually, that's a better return to put it. There's smoke that a West Virginia DB by the name of Daryl Porter Jr. entered the portal and that apparently we have already been making some contact with him. And I kind of want to get your thoughts on. One, what do you think about the take as another DB? And two, where does this let you feel about basically Mike Norvell's priorities when it comes to the transfer portal? Well, Drake, um, I'm even more confused and I'm getting progressively more confused. Like, you know, you're going to hear the same rhetoric when you go to trust the staff. And like, we have to, we don't have a choice, but like, it's just perplexing to me because when you say you can never have too many blank, right? Uh, the the answer to that is not DBs. It's D interior linemen on either side. It's D linemen and O linemen in general. And in our case right now, priority numero uno, I, I just for the life of me have to think should be a viable backup quarterback uh, whose name doesn't rhyme with rate totemaker and just total lack of just continued lack of any emphasis 
on the quarterback position, it seems like. Like, for example, Jane Daniels just entered the transfer portal. Um, I am not going to sit here and tell you that we should be clamoring to get Jane Daniels in here. What I am telling you is that he is a worse, I think, a worse version of Jordan Travis right now. So at least it would schematically not change anything if you were to come into the game. Right now, if Jordan Travis goes down with an injury, which he has every season, he's been a starting quarterback at FSU due to the way he plays, which is puts everything out there on the line. He's going to get injured likely this coming year, and I hope not, but it's likely. And if he goes down, our backup quarterback requires a complete, complete overhaul of what we try to do on offense. And you already saw it this year. We would have probably not won more than two or three games if Jordan Travis was out the whole season. And yet here we are after having already taken a transfer DB. We just a couple of days ago did an episode about the DB position. And while we're not saying there's superstars at every position, we seem like we have enough talented bodies in the room that we're going to be able to cycle guys in and do some tryouts of sorts and figure the position out. We already took a transfer who I believe is going to push for starting playing time. It's not a need. I mean, it's not a need, but that kind of like he was, I want to say all big 12 honorable mention in defensive back position. So that's someone that I probably would like the staff kind of heard, Hey, he might be entering the portal. He might be doing that. So maybe that's something that, Hey, why don't you go back and see if he actually is still interested bring him on. Cause like, I, do, I kind of disagree with you a little bit because I do think we might see some attrition in the defensive back room. But I do agree with that. I mean, I said a few, I think I said like two weeks ago that I don't want to talk about QBs anymore because I'm at the point now where I don't think we're actually going to go after any yeah. sort of transfer quarterback. And I mean, Jaden Daniels, if you told me this two years ago, Jaden Daniels was available, I would have jumped in a heartbeat. I thought that kid was a, a stud his freshman year. This past season, he's not, the very, he's not very good at all whatsoever. I'm pretty sure I see him throw every single out route into the damn dirt about 12 yards, either under or over is what his intended target. But, but it is interesting to me to basically saying, it feels that Norvell is riding 2022, his entire probably his entire rest of his tenure at FSU with Jordan Travis. I feel I think he feels that he's not only he's the guy, but he's the guy for not only this year, but the year after. Because I'm pretty sure he has another year actually out of Velo's really left. Or in the inverse, what if I ask you that maybe he's of the full belief that he kind of thinks that AJ Duffy has the chance to actually beat him out in over the summer. Now, I don't want him to do that. I'm not clamming for that because, folks, I don't think a freshman QB should start unless you're Trevor Lawrence or James Winston, and James Winston didn't even start his freshman year, as Max and myself and David alluded to a thousand times. So I kind of want to get your thoughts on potentially it being A.J. Duffy time in Tallahassee, the Duff man, if you will. What I just said, to be clear, has nothing to do with A.J. Duffy. I think in time he's going to be an excellent quarterback, even as a, red, even as a true freshman. Maybe he could be. But we saw what that looks like. We did that to James Blackman. And I'm not comparing A.J. Duffy to James Blackman. What I am saying is, with a very limited exception of, like, generational freshman quarterbacks, like Bryce Young or something, it just doesn't make sense as it, to throw a true freshman out there at the most difficult position on the field where the game is so much faster than it was in high school and expect them to not take some big hits and to not make bad decisions that ruin their confidence. And I just, I don't see why you risk a guy like that. If you don't have to, by just getting a viable backup, I, I, I think AJ Duffy probably could come in as a true freshman and play better than I would expect a automaker to, but at what cost? If there's a chance for him to be the future at Florida state, 
why screw it up for a year where we're probably not going to win more than six or seven games anyways. And especially where I, hold on. I, I don't, I just don't think you risk it for a year where you're probably not going to win more than six or seven games anyways. And like your best case scenario is an eight win season. Yeah. And then it'll like, I know a lot of people like to say that's also like maybe like I, I, like to me I'm in the camp where it doesn't seem that Norvell isn't going after QBs just for a second not going after them. I think he legitimately is only going after if they're a surefire upgrade. The problem is I don't know what J, what Mike Norvell thinks actually that is because to me like I think when Jake Daniels under the portal that to me is an immediate upgrade. Max yeah. Johnson, Max Johnson to me is someone that I, they probably went after him honestly because you know his dad went here, but he eventually if it was between us and Texas A and M. I mean, you got to go Texas a and I'm not going to fault the kid for that. I think Bo Nix would have been one, too, in my personal opinion. Kenny Dillingham was still the OC here. We probably would have seen Bo Nix actually probably come down here. So, to me, it's like I'm at the point where I need – not even need – I think it is a legitimate concern or it's a legitimate question that does Mike Norvell know how to handle the quarterback room? Well, to me, the calculus isn't – is it an upgrade over Jordan Travis? To me, it's is it an upgrade over Tate Rodemaker and is it somebody – who, when they come in, won't require a total overhaul and a drastic decrease in the likelihood of winning football games. And look, in the case of Tate Rodemaker, we saw what that looks like last year. It, it, it can't work. This is not, and this is not a year for Florida State where we can just say, ah, there's always next year. It's because we got our quarterback injured. No, no, stop. Time to stop making excuses. It's time to say we've been improving. Here's the improvement. Have to see some of it this year. And, and the most important position on the field is a guy that's gotten injured every year here. So you're telling a transfer, you are probably, if not definitely, going to see playing time. You are definitely going to see the field. How much, I can't promise you. But in all likelihood, you're going to play. You'll get tape out there. And so there is a pitch. And, and I just would have liked to have seen – a body in there because we go too deep at the position right now on scholarship and one of them can't cut it and one of them can't cut it and i'm i mean folks we also know that we're recording this on february 17th the spring game hasn't happened and honestly i would not be surprised if we see a qb come in in may which quite frankly i don't like that i want actually like a full spring and a full summer for a qbd acclimated with the playbook and also to be able to get chemistry with the wide receivers but I mean, Dave, you're right. Like to me, that's something that I'm not going out, out of. I'm not saying we go after an obvious upgrade over Jordan Travis. I personally am of the belief that you should bring someone in from the portal that can be competitive enough to win the starting job. And we've all seen Jordan improve every single year. And also Jordan will have a head start with the playbook and already being here for two years. So if he gets beat out by somebody else, I mean, then you want yeah. that's eventually kind of what we want. And we all know Jordan is a tough kid. Jordan will play through injury. Jordan will do a loss that should be the number one actually option out there. And to me, that's something that I think he would welcome the challenge. If you can get a transfer quarterback that's better than your current quarterback, you take that with like the rare exception, unless there's such a locker room cancer that you just can't. And like in the case of JT Daniels, I think 100 times out of 100, you bring him in here and just see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's kind of a wrong how both of the QBs that we are claiming for are the last name Daniels. Maybe Mike has something against kids with the last name Daniels. <laughs> right. I know, seriously. <laughs> Folks, I hate to pull you guys back one more time, but we got to talk about friends over at Built Bar. Now, you know, 
We're big Built.com fans over here. As I said before, Max is the is the head honcho of the Peanut Butter Brownie Brigade. Your boy is the Cherry Barcia Casanova. And you got Dave over there, the Cookie Dough Connoisseur. But if you don't like those three flavors, there are 16 other delicious flavors to choose from, whether it be the new white chocolate cookies and cream that dropped this month, Mint Brownie, which is a favorite of Can Scoop or a Lockdown ACC, Coconut Almond, and Coconut, which is a favorite of AJ Black over at Lockdown BC. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and trust me, your boy has been... I got a new resolution to come, cut down some wings. I got a lot of wings coming up, coming up. So head on over to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Dave. Now we're going to our last segment of the day. Basically, you blew a little bit of surprise on me. I thought we were talking about basketball, but instead you said wild card. So I kind of want to ask you, where are we going today to end the show off on? Or is it basketball? Is that the wild card? Basketball is the wild card. Man, Drake, so much. what a weird year. I saw something on Twitter today. Guess what it said? Football schools that suck at basketball. Wow. What a weird thing that is to see on the internet. That Florida State right now is a football, I mean, we are a football school, but that sucked at basketball. Haven't heard that in a while. Uh, either one um yikes basketball man what a just a weird year huh um it it's a year like this that worries me about where the end of the line is for coach hamilton not to be clear not like the school is going to do anything about him like when he's going to say i'm i'm good now it's time for me to retire everybody he is 73 years old he is two years younger than Coach K, who right now is retiring. Coach Ham has done, I believe, everything and more that you could ever imagine him doing at a school that has not placed a priority on basketball. He, he I think he's, he's done the pinnacle. He, he built a team um, in 2019 that I believe could, if not would have won a national championship, if Agreed. not for COVID. If not for COVID. And I, I'm not the only one saying that. I think Dickie V picked us to win the championship. Not that that means everything, but like experts believed Florida State was that good. And that's something that is solely attributable to what Leonard Hamilton has done here. Um, and this year, I just, I can't, I can't imagine him not sitting down with himself and thinking, this is now going to be a rebuild. This is not a retool of plug Scotty Barnes in and, you know, we're going to figure things out next year. We could be good enough again next year to make a tournament, but I think in all likelihood, you're just going to start looking at a rebuild. And I don't know if he wants to be rebuilding until he's 76, 77 years old when he has those third, fourth year players in the program, like he likes to do. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think Candace Cooper and I talked about last week on Lock in the ACC where she's like, you're going to cry when he leaves. Right. I'm like, yeah, because if we made a tournament, we'd be like, Oh my God, this is the best year ever. To now that we're we're continuously expecting a Sweet 16 or an Elite Eight, even a Sweet 16 run, we're like, well, you know, we could have pushed for a Final Four, you know, Final Four run with this team this year. And now, not only that, he's made our program a preeminent spot for potential lottery picks with the Scotty Barnes, a Devin Vassell, a Patrick Williams. That we're landing five star recruits after five star recruits, and you see it right now on the sideline. He's not happy, man. Like, he's exhausted. Like, you, yeah. you, you see, a, it's sad. It sucks that, like, 
you see this guy just, you know, like basically when he's coaching the game, you can tell that he's enjoying it. And it just seems right now that he's not fully enjoying it. And then if coach ham seems like the kind of person that the moment that he's, he's not enjoying or be able to give his full best effort because he's just not, he's miserable that he's, he wouldn't do want to do a disservice to not only his own players, but to the team, the staff and the school as a whole. So he might, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying he's going to do it. Obviously folks, I'm saying like, don't be surprised if he does, he pulls a Roy Williams at the end of the year and just says, guys, it's, you know, my time is my time. I'm going to get over to coach Gates for the rest for, you know, for the remainder here. So it's kind of like, it's kind of sad to think about, but that's something to keep an eye out because this is probably the hardest year probably in coach Ham's career at FSU. Yeah. And it's like, and I hate to say it, but it kind of makes sense to me as a transition point, not to go out on a low note for a team that's in all likelihood not going to make the NCAA tournament without winning the ACC tournament. But this, this is a weird year to go out. However, um, he's built this legacy, which I don't believe he can tarnish at this point, unless he were to just like stay here another 10 years and miss the tournament every year. Um, a legacy where your expectation of Florida state is to be highly competitive in the conference. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I think the roster next year is going to be one that is going to require a couple years to develop back into a prominent ACC team uh, that's competing for turn or uh, ACC championships. And if you're going to hand the reins over at a time when I still think the feel of the program uh, has a level of prestige and up and comings to it, I think it makes sense as a time to maybe hand it off, get some young energy in it. I hope to a guy that Leonard Hamilton is involved with choosing um, because I've always trusted his choices with assistants and knows the basketball world very well. I hope he doesn't retire. I'm not saying he's going to but it just feels to me like it would make an awful lot of sense at this age with what's upcoming for Florida state basketball and what the image of the program he's created is. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that the person that you, you keep an eye on to replace coach ham is former assistant coach Dennis Gates. Right now I know he's the head coach actually over at Cleveland state. I think he left there for, I think 2019, 2020 season. He, I mean, he brought them to, I think one of their first NCAA tournaments in, in quite a while, actually last season. The next, I mean, they were bouncing the first round, but for a Cleveland State team that, like, on top of my head, all I know, the only reason why I know where that school is is because Norris Cole and my girlfriend's from Cleveland. That's literally the only reason, the reason I know that school about anything for. Coach Ham should never have been able to do at Florida State what he has done. Um, Bobby Bowden obviously got us to the mountaintop with two national championships and playing for others and probably should have played for plenty more with that streak of his. Uh, but Coach Ham has gotten FSU to a point where it's confusing and surprising when we don't make an NCAA tournament. That shouldn't be po- that should not have been possible here with the way the athletic department has approached basketball, which is this is a football school. If we happen to be good at basketball, cool. And a lot of fans have felt the same way, not all, but a lot. And he's gotten people like Max, for example, uh, interested in the sport and going to games and caring about how we do again that's that alone is impressive at florida state but yeah he's what he's done for us is hard to overstate and i just hope he leaves on a point at a point where you know he's still content with what he's done and he gets to hand over the reins to somebody that he believes is going to carry on his legacy and i like you said 
Gates would be a good choice to me. Build the man a damn statue. But, folks, right. that's about where we're going to wrap up today's show. Thank you guys so much for the love and support. As always, five-star reviews, either on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. And also, we are now on YouTube. Hit the like button at the bottom. Hit the subscribe button at the top. And ding the little bell so you know when new content drops each and every single day. Dave, you want to send the folks home? Yeah, we are two months away from spring football. Get the countdown going. Get the damn countdown going. For Drake, that was Dave. We'll see you all next time. I'm Lockdown Seminoles. Take care, everybody.